Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Down Ballot Podcast. The show's live on Twitch. Check out twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. We're live basically seven nights a week there. It's a lot of fun, and I hope you join the now space. Also join our Discord at discord.me slash echoplex. Enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on social media for beautiful food and inspiration. Just a bunch of bitches. 
right, everybody, welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live, at least for now, on Fridays, 8 till, I don't know, right around 9, and then we go on into red light. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you're following the podcast. Uh, you can just do that by pressing the follow button on your podcast app of choice, and also head on over to twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia and follow us there so you can check out our live shows. I'm Producer Dave. You can find me, I don't know, damn near anywhere. Greetings, Producer Dave. Uh, it is your friend, as always, the councilman. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at T-H-E underscore councilman. Uh, I might go by councilwoman one day, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, you can also find me on uh, Facebook um, as Hanselman. Get it? And uh, so if you see a, a friend request from Hansel, just go ahead and friend me. I, I don't bite. And more than likely, we know a couple people in common. And that's just the place where I go when I want to just, you know, pontificate or pop off or you know otherwise prognosticate about shit that i don't want people in my you know social sphere necessarily knowing that i'm saying uh anyway it's good the, the line's getting a lot more blurred there to be honest with you so anyway uh please uh, check out the check out the side check out the other shows producer dave what's going on this weekend um this weekend well being as everybody's indoors um, the show we were going to go to seems to have been postponed, so that's okay. Mm. Uh, that's okay. Tomorrow night, uh, we'll be doing, uh, the Catterday open panel and then, uh, then I'll be DJing for, I don't know, an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever, until everybody gets bored or until like people stop rating us or, or whatever happens. Uh, Sunday, we got the big show. Uh, Monday we're doing, um, red, white, and bingo. That's our spoof on red, white, and blueprint. We'll be having a bit of a panel from, a north state talking about uh issues up there in redding in the shasta county area and um yeah that's it i mean then tuesday's local love um and then uh wednesday we got the intellectual dollar tree and i'll be flying solo hk will be on an adventure but the following week hk will be here in the studio with me for intellectual dollar tree so that'll be great in the in the studio yeah live yeah live from your stepmom's basement yeah yeah he'll be here so that'll be cool that, that'll be good yeah, so yeah, everybody cool. just check out all of our stuff. Make sure you just tune into this channel. The night Twitch is the right Twitch. We're always here at night. Um, we've been having a lot of fun lately. Uh, although last night, um, my internet went down twice during the stream. The second time, I was just like, fuck it, the stream's over. <laughs> I watched some TV and went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get right to it. What do we have for leading off? Well, uh, leading off, uh, let's go bowling. Oh, God. Not at this place. <laughs> Some businesses are defying an indoor mask mandate that went into effect in seven Bay Area counties just yesterday. Managers at Danville Bowl say they'll not be enforcing the mandate. The Facebook post says, quote, we believe everyone has the right to freedom and not constant retracting restrictions from the government. The post continues, if you would like to wear your masks inside while you bowl, feel free. If you don't want to, that's okay. The mandatory indoor mask mandate applies to everyone, regardless of their vaccination status, in every Bay Area county except Napa and Solano. Some business owners tell us they've had people get hostile over this return to face mask rules. More on that later. More, yeah, on, more the on that later. Yeah, more <laughs> on the hostility later for sure. Um, I'm not going to that bowling alley. Also, it didn't look like anybody else was. The parking lot was pretty empty. See that one car yeah, in the back? It looks like a really hep place. Um, I don't know if you know, you've noticed, but bowling alleys have become much more, I don't know, neon and glitzy and, and, and uh, you know, Dave and Bustery. So I don't know how Danville Bowl is doing these days. Um, but, you know, I don't know how I feel about this, to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, I definitely don't agree with the sort of just anti, uh, 
anti-mandate, anti-government, just, just instinctive, you know, uh, knee-jerk, anti-government, anti-regulation uh, kind of stance that they're taking. Um, I do think that, you know, there is, it, the businesses do have to walk, you know, walk a line um, if they, <laughs> if they want to survive. Um, so, you know, the, the thought of, well, hey, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You know, I can kind of get down with that. But at the end of the day, I think if I had a business, I would probably be mandating that people would be vaccinated if they're coming inside. So, well, as as is always the case, I'm, let's just say Danville isn't exactly a low income area. And it's always these fucking not exactly a low income areas that are doing this weird shit with the masks. Right. Oh, sure. Or sure. Or the ones that don't want to wear them. Right. Uh, it's it's interesting. Right. Um, it's the it's the folks in the low income areas and the, and the, and the folks um, in the greater populace who are also just you know more at risk too because they're um, they're not getting vaccinations they're not they weren't early on they weren't getting tested as often um, and so uh, our affluent white friends <laughs> brethren I don't know what you want to call them uh, you know by by them shirking this this what I think is a community responsibility um, to do everything you can to prevent this pan- pandemic from spreading anymore um, by doing that they're endangering even more so right the people who um who can least like who can least afford it and who are most vulnerable um so like they're the least vulnerable and yet they're putting the most vulnerable at risk it's like a double whammy so maybe it should go under winners and losers under losers but you know maybe that bowling alley wasn't doing so good and they're trying to attract just the anti-maskers so at least someone goes there (laughs) i mean they got on tv right i mean no press is bad press as they say um so advertisement yeah, maybe we, maybe we're doing this all wrong, Percy. Maybe we need to get down ballot on the news. <laughs> I mean, if we say something really outlandish, right, and, and and leak the video, I don't know. Who knows? Anything's possible. We do enough about the sheriff that you know something will get noticed. I I say enough dumb stuff late at night, but it doesn't have anything to do with local news, and they probably <laughs> all good, all good. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, uh, please, uh, uh, you know, regardless of how Danville Bowl is doing, I mean, if you're a bowler uh, or a uh, a golfer, as it were. Um, please frequent your local bowling alley. I'm sure they'd love to see you. Just mask up and uh, and be safe. But uh, yeah, definitely frequent your local small businesses. Keep them open as long uh, as long as we ha- can to get through this. All right. Well, shall we move on to winner and loser? Yeah. This first story, actually, um, I was talking in a in a group chat setting like this one. It wasn't being broadcast and. Uh, Curtis from Monkey, I think, was bringing this up, this specific thing up about um, how basically people are doing a little bit of vaccine tourism. Yeah, this is actually literally winners and losers, I think. And uh, we can talk about who the winners and the losers are after the clip. Supply in some countries, and that has some people traveling here to the Bay Area. San Francisco International Airport is reporting an increase in the number of foreign travelers getting vaccinated at the airport. As Tom Vacar tells us, vaccine tourism is the fastest growing category of visitors at SFO's medical clinic. Airport officials say that many people have flown and continue to fly into SFO as so-called vaccine tourists. A Thai travel agency offers $6,400 vaccine trips to the U.S. At SFO, they get the free single-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine. About 80% of our new appointments at our medical clinic are for non-U.S. citizens, and they are, this is what we would call vaccine tourism, people that are making a vaccine either part of their trip or the reason for their trip into the San Francisco Bay Area. Most of the vaccine tourists come from south of our border and Asia. But in reality, 
they come from all over the world. We've given out about a thousand doses now to people from 58 different countries around the world, so it's really on the rise. Jun Takasi and some of his friends from Tokyo, where vaccines are in very short supply, came here to study at SF State, where vaccination is required. Right now, most of the Japanese people can't get vaccinated right now. That's why probably they have a chance to come to the U.S. to get vaccinated. Gibson Arnold from Southern California got a shot and a negative PCR test required by Hawaii. I looked all over in Los Angeles forever and couldn't find any places. Came here spending a couple days here before heading out to Hawaii and this was the place that came up, found it online and this is the only place I could find. Some 20 U.S. states do not require you to even live in the state to be vaccinated there, including California. Alaska announced starting in June it would provide free COVID vaccines upon arrival at any of its four major airports. New York City's mayor announced pop-up vaccination sites at tourist spots. It's a worldwide problem. If San Francisco Airport can help solve it, then good for them. Only five nations, the U.S., Russia, Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, the Maldives in the Indian Ocean, and Bali in Indonesia offer COVID-19 vaccines to tourists. Tom Vekar, KTVU Fox 2 News. Okay, so here's, a, here's how this is winners and losers. If you have the money to do it in some other country, you can go do vaccine tourism. And if you don't, I don't know, you got to wait. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and then there's also the, on the flip side, that's perfect. <laughs> and then on the flip side, you've got the, the losers are uh, all the folks here who aren't getting the damn vaccination. So we've got this surplus of vaccines floating around, right? So of course, it's much easier to get here than it is in many other countries um, because we've got a whole segment of our population that is avoiding or just downright, uh, uh, not reluctant, but just never going to get the damn thing. Um, so we've got this surplus and folks are coming here to, to take advantage of it. If they have the, the, um, Jeff Bezos, you know, Richard Branson travel money to, to get here, right. Um, they can be vaccine tourists and the rest of their countrymen, uh, folk are pretty much up shit Creek without a paddle. Ah, oh, winners and losers. Well, you know where you know where the uh, most people are not refusing the vaccine is right here in Santa Clara County. We're scooting up on that eighty percent mark. We are one of the tops in the in the country in terms of uh, vax rates, and uh, we're trying to get there as quickly as possible. According to the next clip. Well, we're here at the St. James Health Center, part of the Gardner Network, one of many clinics in Santa Clara County, trying to make it easier for people to get vaccinated and to get over their fears about vaccinations so that the public health department can reach its vaccination goals. The pandemic is getting worse here in the Bay Area, around the country, and the world. Santa Clara County announced its seven-day case rate has bounced back up from the low 20s to 225 today. Well-known South Bay marketing consultant Dan Orloff just became a new case yesterday, even though he was vaccinated. My girlfriend and I, the weekend before, went to an indoor live music event. Uh, we masked up most of the time, not all of the time. And that's where I think I got it. County Supervisor Cindy Chavez and local health officials launched a new campaign today aimed at increasing the county's overall vaccination rate to 80%. Among other moves, many clinics will now allow walk-in patients to get shots without an appointment. Chavez says the 80% target is a deliberate, reachable goal to maintain public confidence in the vaccine. We're so close. We're at 78.5%. 
three or four percent, we want to hit that 80 percent. Vaccine is the only way we can get back to a normal life. And it is the only most effective way where we can also prevent the vaccinated people from having breakthrough cases. Dan Orloff agrees and says he's very happy he had already gotten his vaccination when he got COVID. Being vaccinated assures me that I will not have major symptoms and I'm not feeling them now. What I have now is basically a slight cold. Well, public health officials say they certainly hope testimonials like that, as well as more accessibility, and eventually shots for those 5 to 11 years old will help them reach their ultimate goal, which is closer to 100%. Live in San Jose, Robert Honda, NBC Bay Area News. Fuck yeah. Yeah, 80% of um, the, you know, the, the eligible population is actually a pretty significant chunk um, because you're taking out uh, basically a kid under 12. Um, so 80% is a really significant chunk of your adult population, 12 and up. Um, and and uh, I imagine some of those 12 to 18-year-olds might be still some of not, not the holdouts um, of their own volition, perhaps. Um, that's where it really gets kind of gross and, and squishy to me is the, the folks, the, the anti-vaxxers, the folks who are resistant and are keeping their kids, you know, exposed um, because, uh, as well, right? Um, because of their own fucked up values. Yeah. Um, I also like, this is <clears throat> Santa Clara County, I think has, um, like less kids per capita than other, other counties of similar size, just because of the cost of living here. I, I have it, to assume. Yes. And no, the birth rate is definitely going down. Um, it's not, not slowing down by any means, but yes, um, they're all, there is a substantial chunk of, um, that 12 to 18 year old population here, um, as well too. Just, uh, so yeah, no, you're right. you're definitely right. The uh, the birth rate is, uh, in relation to the death rate, it's actually going down nationwide, um, and is uh, at not an all time low, but definitely a very very long time low. Um, so for any of you folks who are overly concerned about overpopulation, it is not happening here. Um, so just FYI. Oh, and for any of you who are overly concerned about the native birth rate, uh, fuck you, fucking white nationalist. <laughs> just so just so we're clear. <laughs> It actually um, doesn't matter if it's fluctuating up or down a little bit. It's fine. It's totally cool. It's fine. It, you're right. And at the end of the day, um, are we going to get into the habit of policing births? I mean, if we are, then I know who I'd fucking line up first for sterilization. But it um, <laughs> start with Richard Branson and <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Is, all right. Well. Moving right along to those, uh, what we referenced earlier. Uh, so we're going to uh, get into some of those folks who are, well, you know, let's just say not so excited about businesses telling them they need to, you know, mask up when they come inside. The videos are coming back, folks. The videos are coming back. And they're going to be even crazier than ever because the people, they're going to be like, fuck, I'm fucking yeah they're gonna be fucking pissed it's gonna be amazing there might be less of them but they're gonna be way more mad this time around well well because they're it's like the you know it's it's just the come back around right there it's exactly what they thought would happen has happened and now they're just going to be that much more virulent as the number of cases of the delta variant increases nearly all bay area counties are back under a mask mandate today except solano as ktv's ann rubin explained some businesses though are worried that customers who are getting tired of these rules will take out their frustrations on them uh, ann is live in san jose and what have you learned 
Yeah, well, so business owners say the majority of customers are happy to comply, but they say it's the few that aren't that pose a problem. At Recycle Bookstore in San Jose, customers need to have a love of literature and a mask. Unfortunately, a few come with only contempt for the rules. Do you have any uh, copies of the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, maybe? These guys posted their masks. <laughs> oh, dude, there's a, there's a lot of things to throw at a customer in this place. I'm just saying. <laughs> what a troll. Do you have a copy of the Constitution? YouTube, the bookstore managers are still fuming. You're emotional, you're upset, but you're also, you know that this person is a possible disease vector, so you try to stay away. <laughs> and now the Bay Area is back under a mask mandate, but store managers aren't sure it will make a difference. Now we've gotten to a point where people are tired of this, so they just don't care, and we're just a hurdle. In West Oakland at the Community Foods Market, they've noticed the same thing. Managers are left to enforce the rules and deal with unruly customers, like the day a maskless woman started hurling produce. She just like get upset about the situation and she throw a half watermelon and then, you know, I mean, you know, the manager, store manager tried to take over the situation. And then uh, she threw in oh a boy. bigger watermelon to him. They hope the mandate will make people more compliant. Oh, no. We have to protect everybody, you know? The Seriously. The it's dangerous. Mandate. Dude, you shouldn't start throwing produce at people because you never know who used to play baseball. Oh, that's very true. Especially like half a watermelon. That's going to crack someone's head open or a whole watermelon. I mean, start with some broccolini or something, you know, like light <laughs> oh and springy and springy, you know, so it'll bounce a bit. Right. Like, and then work, work your way up to like the, the harder and the bigger fruits, like the onions and the apples and the cauliflower. Right. And then something that because it'll just break apart and then watermelon. Right. That's that's like the last straw, really. I suppose sweet potatoes are a little like harder, but right. But the watermelon cracking you over the head, that's probably the not as aerodynamic, not as easy to throw. It might smash, right? Like right. the sweet potato would never smash. It would just bounce off your head and knock you silly. And just don't throw canned goods. Definitely not. Absolutely not. No bags soup of, for your bags family. Bags of chicharron, maybe. Um, yeah, no, no soup for you. Um, I don't know, maybe a label. With the reopening of San Jose City Hall. We recognize that we have to continue to be very cautious, and obviously the mask mandate is important. Uh, we have to get vaccinated, we have to wear masks, but we also need to carry on the business of the city. And so for the first time in ages, a city council meeting went on in front of mass constituents who say they're happy to be seen and heard. I'm sure this was planned ahead of, you know, the Delta spikes and things that are going on, so... I feel fine being here with a mask. It's nice to be here in person. As for how long this mask mandate will last, Bay Area health officials say they will keep monitoring data, including vaccination rates, to see when it might be lifted. Jana? Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Ann in uh, San Jose. Oh, man. It's always like, it's, it doesn't matter what it's going to, like, what the problem is going to be if, if, if whatever the problem is involves like you having to do something different at the store, it's always going to be customer service workers who are going to be like getting the brunt of like whatever it is. If it wasn't a pandemic, I don't know what it could have been, but like, like if an earthquake happened and there were shortages of food, but the stores were, you know, most of the stores didn't get knocked down and like, then those people would take the brunt of that shit too, you know? Sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, and it's, it was the same way before the pandemic, honestly, right? Like the front, uh, frontline customer service workers always take the brunt of it, right? I, I even recognize it when I'm pissed, hopping mad, right? Like there was a fraudulent charge on my bank account or whatever, or someone, or the, the restaurant, you know, charged me for a drink I didn't order. I don't know. 
you know, I, I understand being upset, right? And wanting to call the manager. I'm always trying to be, I always try to be really respectful and, and recognize that I, you know, they were not trying to fuck me over. <laughs> and, and that there's, that in, could, the, in the case of like, like it, for me, if I think I, if there's, dude, somebody could get over on me on a drink I didn't order at the fuck d- dinner, let me tell you. <laughs> I'd be like, didn't I only have three drinks? They'd be like, no. And I'd be like, all no. right, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and, and, but I'm always, I always try to be very not polite and respectful. And I, and actually when I call the manager, when I do the whole, you know, I hate calling customer service, but when I do, I'm always, the first thing I always say is, Hey, I know this is nothing you can do anything about in terms of the rules, but here's my problem. Right. Um, and they, gen- they actually, amazingly enough, the customer service reps help if you're nice to them. What do you know? Um, and if you're a dick, they're going to be dicks to you because that's you know it doesn't it doesn't so much matter that they're getting paid to be there like no one deserves to be treated like shit right or or and no one has any right to act like a dick um so i think this was happening prior to the pandemic frankly i think it's happening more so now because we are so hardwired right and the mask mandate is making things worse so i i definitely feel for frontline customer service people I don't know that we need to, I don't know that I agree with the mayor that we need to be back in city council chambers to do the business of the people. Um, the pe- From my perspective, the people who are missing out on being at a city council meeting in person at 1.30 on a Tuesday afternoon are not generally the people who are most affected and most vulnerable <laughs> um, to, to changes in policy. Um, in fact, if you saw the video of that first council meeting back and everyone standing up to, you know, Pledge allegiance to the flag or whatever. The f- person in the foreground was a lobbyist for uh, developers, right? Nice guy, but a lobbyist for developers, right? So, who who are we opening city hall up for and creating a super spreader situation for? Why can't we just keep it mobile for now? You know, until further notice, until we're out of this, right? We figure out something better to do. It reminds me of uh, all these other clubs that are like, oh, we have we have a lunch club and we haven't met for lunch in a year and a half and we need to we need to get together for lunch. It's like, why don't you get to, you know, don't you need to get together for other things? <laughs> like just to share to share fellowship, right? What, what is, why do you have to have the lunch? Why do you have to have this thing? You can just hop on Zoom and get together. Don't kill each other. Very well. So our last yes, story, in, our last story in winners and losers <laughs> is, um, not about COVID, and I'm just going to let it ride because there's no description on the story, and I figure that's fantastic. Well, in San it's Francisco, fun. renters are taking on landlords, and they're winning big. At this 100-year-old building in Presidio Heights, new construction forced out longtime renters, many of whom stayed because of the view of the Golden Gate Bridge. One tenant negotiated a buyout of $475,000, by far the biggest in city history. But get this. The attorney representing the man's neighbors predicts they will walk away with millions. They lost their rent control department. Average of $5,000 a month below market because they've been here 5, 10, 30 years. And they're entitled to that differential for the rest of their life or as many years as you would expect them to live here. McDonald described the last four years of nonstop construction as making the building unlivable. For the tenants, COVID was the last straw when tenants and their children were stuck inside with the construction noise all day long. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Take that developer to the fucking, take that developer to the fucking cleaners. Fuck them. You, got, you gotta love that attorney, right? With the, oh, just what a, what a quintessential attorney. <laughs> My clients deserve every cent, but it's, you know, why not? It's your, you're entitled to it. If you've been in that building, 
and they're just rebuilding it around you and pretty much trying to i mean they're pretty much trying to force them out right like get them out of their rent controlled units and then you've suddenly got a revamped building and you can rent the units at market rate right so you're suddenly making thousands more a month on each unit so yeah absolutely take these fucking the cleaners winners winners that was, tenants, winner, that was winners, winners the tenants losers the fucking developers and the greedy bastards <laughs> um the only thing i didn't like about that guy is his hat had big jordan peterson from 10 years ago vibes <laughs> he's a he's the big winner right he's yeah. he's the big winner. he's not a tenant at all but he's going to make a big chunk of change if they win that uh, if they win that settlement right uh, and they probably will um i'm wondering if he's just saying like that, I, that that's interesting that he's saying that the neighbors you know got away uh cheap they could have asked for more so we'll we'll see what happens we'll follow that story if another tenant gets a million dollars we'll let you know wonder yeah. what that guy's wonder what the lawyer's percentage is <clears throat> don't know don't know 15 percent commission maybe Who knows? Don't they, know. they could he could probably buy an apartment with the money he makes off of, <laughs> <laughs> off of this case all righty well every week as we know someone's got to get their shit together um and usually it's a municipality right now we've got a obviously a serious issue with the vax going on and the, the the mask mandate is not is rubbing a lot of folks the wrong way um and uh interestingly enough um it we'll find out who the most resistant force to this uh, some of these mandates is and they need to get their shit together basically the push to vaccinate is at a fever pitch and as more cities and counties call for all employees to be vaccinated some labor unions are privately pushing back the mandates could mean police officers and firefighters are not exempt and some of them have been very vocal about refusing to get vaccinated nbc bay area's damian trujillo looks at the effort to require all first responders to get vaccinated there is no mandate yet in the city of San Jose, but Santa Clara County is in the process of implementing its new regulations. It's a thorny issue for law enforcement all across the country, but municipalities are saying rules are rules. Employee unions in New York came out firing last week after the city announced it will call for all employees to be vaccinated. We are absolutely against an absolute mandate to vaccinate everyone. The FDNY union is also upset about the other option, weekly testing paid for by the employee. This testing will not be done on our own time or our own dime. If the city wants this, they can make it, uh, make it possible and, and they can pay for it. In California, many first responders will tell you privately that they disagree with such a mandate. The Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office says as a county employee, deputies will be required to vaccinate or test weekly when the county orders take effect soon. The state said the same thing about CHP officers. Many doctors are applauding the mandates. I think it's a great move. San Jose has not issued a mandate. The city says it is still weighing the options. The San Jose Fire Union says its vaccination rate is at 87% and they encourage members to get the shot. The police union says it is also encouraging members to do the same and wants to work closely with the city when the decision is made. But vaccine advocates say the fact that the public must interact with them means a mandate makes sense. We have to think about the community health at this point in time. And it's not just for you, but it's for the other people who are at a higher risk of infection. BSF Police Union says its concerns about patient confidentiality have been addressed and there hasn't been a wholesale rejection of the mandate by officers. It's very, very important for everybody to get the vaccination. Doctors say that since first responders come in constant contact with the public, the vaccines can actually help them save more lives. 
including their own. Damien Trujillo, NBC Bay Area News. So, um, what do you think the what do you think is going to happen in San Jose? Because I noticed they mentioned the fire department being at eighty seven percent. That's pretty high. Uh, but I think that the fire department they tend to be first responders in a lot of medical shit, and I figure they're going to be fairly, um, I don't know, like simpatico with the medical community in a way that maybe the police the police department might not be. Absolutely, they're going to be much more sympathetic to that anyway. Um, and by the way, uh, kudos to the SF or SJFD. Uh, for their vaccination rate. That's fabulous. Uh, story just came out recently, no video, unfortunately, yet. Uh, but uh, in a survey of all law enforcement agencies in Santa Clara County, can you guess which law enforcement agency has the lowest rate of vaccination? I'm going to guess the sheriffs. Ooh, close, close. Given what we were just talking about, who do you think? San Jose PD. Ding! Yes, the sheriff, What I think, is close second. Um, and we, we did cover them before, so that's good that you remembered that. Um, but yes, San Jose PD apparently has the lowest vaccination rate of any law enforcement agency in the county. Yay for them. Um, I thought you were going to come out of left field and just be like the fucking FBI or something. Monteserino Police Department. Um, all five of them. Uh, none of them are vaccinated. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, wouldn't you know it? Um, I, yeah, I don't know what to think of this, but I do know that, you know, labor unions i believe in them i'm a labor person myself i come from labor i've worked i've been in labor unions i've worked for them i you know i have family who are uh you know leaders of labor unions so i believe in the labor movement i believe in organizing however i do think that sometimes unions can get in the way of the health and well-being and the um the the betterment of their own people and their employees and the people they're trying to protect and and look out for labor unions exist primarily to improve as this would be like the mission statement of any union to improve the uh, wages and working conditions of their employees, right. Of the employees in their, or their members. Right. Um, I don't see how standing in the way or, or just being, being obstinate or pushing back on mandates just for, for the sake of, you know, uh, standing up to the people that you negotiate contracts with. Right. I don't see how that benefits the well-being and the working conditions of your members. So, I, um, I, you know, I, I think that, uh, like on Twitter, I follow a lot of people who are involved in labor in different, uh, communities around the country. And I do see a lot of them drawing distinctions between unions that are not law enforcement and unions that are for law enforcement. And uh, my take, yeah. my take on like what I'm gathering from them is that the police union tends to be, then tends to have like a different kind of political power than maybe the nurses union would have yes very much so um in different ways like the nurses union actually is pretty pretty strong but the, the point is um is definitely taken or the public uh, the law enforcement unions tend to have public safety unions tend to have more clout especially the police unions um because there's for a long time they've been seen by the public that really doesn't differentiate all that much or didn't before um as like a fraternal like the fraternal order of police right like the 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 good old police right the good police i want to support you guys i want to have your sticker on my car and in my window you know i want to show that i'm supporting the cops right um poas were long seen in that kind of regard i don't know that they are anymore but because of all that they they carry a lot of clout and because they are kind of tacitly seen as the law enforcement endorsement, right? The PD endorsement, even though they're not, right? And then cops individually can endorse, but can't use like the badge or their badge number or anything like that to um, denote themselves. Um, 
because they're seen that way, they are able to raise a lot of money and they take a lot of money out of their employees' paychecks, right? Their members' paychecks. That's, that's how a lot of them is funded. Um, so they have a lot of money too, in addition to a lot of people and a lot of political clout. So it's, uh, and money buys more clout. So yes, that, uh, but that, I think the winds are changing a little bit as people become more aware through BLM and other movements of the power of police unions. And I think that you're seeing in the defund movement, um, bringing this also to bear as well, not just defunding the PDs, but also looking at how these, um, how the police unions affect how, uh, uh, the policies that govern uh, police work. Absolutely. So let's, and good for them. And good for them. Let's move on to down ballot watch. Yeah, let's get. So down I ballot, wanted to point actually. out that our first person uh, was Raul Perez running for mayor, defying the odds. It's going to be really defying the odds because he only got fourteen people following his YouTube channel. So <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to up the game there on the subscribers there. Um, but it is early, so uh, uh, the mayor's race in San Jose is coming up next year, regardless of how there's, there's a charter review commission that's deciding when the next mayor's race might be. Could be two years, could be four years again, uh, could be six years. We'll find out. Um, but there is going to be a mayor's race next year, and Sam Licardo is termed out, so he ain't running. Um, we'll find out what he wants to do after that. Maybe he wants to run for president. Uh, seems like it sometimes. Um, but uh, candidates are already lining up to replace him. And first out of the gate was Raul Parales, who is a city council member from the same downtown district that produced Mr. Licardo, as well as Susan Hammer and other uh, Tom McHenry and many other mayors of San Jose. Um, so, uh, this, we're going to watch his campaign or one of his campaign launch videos and we'll follow up. I wanted to try and find, be equitable and find some from Dev Davis, the district six councilwoman who has declared as well, declared five minutes after Mr. Perales declared because a reporter called her and said, Hey, we're all declared. And she said, Oh yeah, well, I guess I'm running too. Um, <laughs> and then we have a couple other declared candidates, um, or almost declared candidates. And as they declare formally, we will bring you a little bit more about them. So. Here we go. Without further ado, an introduction to Raul Perales. I was never supposed to run for office. Just graduating from high school meant defying the odds. I was born and raised right here in this rent control department in West San Jose. My father, an immigrant, picked crops in the Valley of the Heart's Delight so that he could help support his family. My mom dropped out of high school so she could raise my sister and me. They put in long hours at underpaid jobs, thankful to make the rent each month. Because of their sacrifices and their values, I defied the odds. The first in my family to graduate from college, a proud Spartan alum. I've been a teacher and a mentor for at-risk kids who, like me, had the odds stacked against them. I've been a police officer, making sure the families in every neighborhood felt safe and protected. When I ran for city council, they told me it wasn't my time, that I couldn't win. I take tough challenges head on, especially when it comes to fighting for our city. We won, and as a council member, I've stood up to the status quo, fought to change the stark inequities in this city, protected tenants from massive rent hikes, helped build supportive homes for the homeless, and get families back on their feet during this pandemic. As we recover from one of the most devastating tragedies of our lifetimes, we have the opportunity to right the wrongs of the past, create new solutions driven by bold, compassionate leadership, shape a city that provides shelter and homes for those without, where diversity is celebrated and protected, where we end hate and racial violence in our streets, where everyone feels safe in their neighborhood, where we work hand in hand with businesses as partners in our shared future, creating economic opportunity for everyone so no one is struggling to just get by. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and put in the hard work to create a city that works for all of us. 
because if I can defy the odds, so many more kids in San Jose can too. Join us, we will do this together. Ad paid for by Raul Perales for Mayor 2022. Yeah, like Chat was saying, those just fucking platitudes. There ain't nothing in that ad. It's a campaign ad. It's definitely a campaign video. Um, so uh, an introduction, the way that the candidate would like to see you. Um, and that is his baby, by the way. So that was not a stage family at the end there, just so you all know. <laughs> well, I didn't think he was going to use a fake family. Oh, are you kidding? The first, so a uh, little <laughs> tidbit. Y'all, since, uh, if anyone's been watching, listening since the beginning, uh, my first appearance on uh, the Equiplex Media Network was as a candidate. And uh, one of the first people I called for an endorsement was a former big politico, I won't say who, in San Jose, who uh, who my family was familiar with. So he was the first one I called. And, you know, I obviously young uh, and uh, impetuous candidate, but I wanted, you know, asked for his advice. I wanted to hear, hear uh, any tips he had for running. And he said, do you have a family? Do you have a wife? And I said, well, no, I'm, we're, you know, I'm engaged. We're not married yet. He said, do you guys have a kid? Like, no, we're not, we're working on that. We got a dog. He's like, okay, good. You got a dog. Can you borrow a kid? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, sounds like my kind of consultant. Yeah, exactly. So that, that <laughs> and that was when I realized I didn't know, I, I wasn't, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to win because I, I just didn't know, I, I, I couldn't get my head around borrowing someone else's child <laughs> for the purposes <laughs> of winning my, my city council race. Right. Cause then you win. They're like, where's your kid? You're like, what kid? That was a prop. Right. And then one day, like if I, we have, you know, if we have a kid, right. One day the kid looks back at all these campaign mailers and says, what the hell, who the fuck is this? <laughs> it's your cousin. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, well, so like I said, we're going to bring the platitude video for, um, Ms. Davis when she posts hers. I checked her website, by the way, her mayor website. She still has her council reelection video posted there. So we'll, we'll see if she gets around to posting her mayoral video. Um, and then there's uh, at least one other, uh, younger candidate who's jumped in the race. I think he's got something out there that we can, we can, we can run with anyway. So that's what's going on in San Jose with the mayor, the mayor up in San Francisco, on the other hand, got herself in a little bit of hot water lately. So that we're going to, we're going to hear her response to that. Mayor Reed, would you comment about the stipulation you signed regarding the fines? And, and if you wouldn't mind also speaking to anyone who may have lost confidence in you around these issues, what you want to say to restore that confidence? Well, I, what I what I want to start by saying is um, the stipulation that I signed with the Ethics Commission after having numerous discussions, I feel is fair. Uh, we worked out an agreement uh, with the staff uh, to address some of the challenges that we um, are listed in the um, stipulation. And in particular, there were mistakes made. I take full responsibility uh, for those mistakes. And I've learned a lot since um, you know, becoming mayor and, and being in office. And, and as I said in my statement, I made it clear that at no time have any of the things related to this stipulation had any impact on the decisions that I've made as mayor. Can we pause uh, this? My hope yes. is that over time. So uh, just to give you guys some, some context, uh, the mayor recently agreed to, the mayor London Breed of San Francisco, um, I always found it interesting that the mayor of San Francisco is named London. But anyway, um, was recently uh, recently agreed to pay twenty over $22,000 in fines uh, to the San Francisco Ethics Commission for a variety of, you know, vi violations, shall we say. Nothing necessarily that would land someone in jail, um, but certainly things that are against city policy, um, 
you know, and mostly around campaign finance. Anyway, this is her responding to that at an impromptu press conference. I'm, I've been able to prove that, and over time, moving forward, I'll be able to continue to approve that. And, and anything to anyone who lost confidence in you? Well, I hope that the work that I've done throughout the past couple of years in addressing one of the most challenging times in our city's history, which, again, is not directly related to the challenges that exist in this stipulation, I would hope that, you know, my record and what I've done over the past couple of years will uh, make a difference as well as what I, the work that I'm do that I do moving forward. I mean, it's difficult because, you know, people may look at this, of course, and feel a certain kind of way. I can't completely control that. I can only make sure that I do exactly what a leader in this city should do. When you make a mistake, you step up, you take responsibility for your action, you put it all out there, and you hope that uh, people will look at it and, and, and realize that, you know, you're human just like anybody else. And um, the goal is to make sure that I completely um, uh, make it clear to the public that at no time in any of these, uh, you know, uh, challenges that existed that, you know, I allow any of this to impact the decisions that I've made in running the city. Um, and that's going to take some time to demonstrate and, and to ensure the public that my goal is to lead the city to continue to do my job and at no time have I ever allowed any of these issues to interfere with the decisions that I make in this office and I will continue mm -hmm. to do that. Did, did you believe you were doing anything wrong at the time whether you know the three issues the float the letterhead uh, regarding the letter for your brother um, or having you know Mohammed Nuru fix your car and, and did you recognize that those things were questionable? Or at the time that I did them no I did not. And now? And now I do understand that, yes, they are a problem and I will be doing things differently. I mean, for, for example, the event now that I have been fined. in San Francisco, I've always had a float during the Pride Parade. I don't even fucking think that's a bad fucking thing to say. No, I didn't think it was wrong at the time. That's why I did it. But explain to me like how it was violating, how I violated some of the ethics rules and I paid the fine. And now I know that stuff's wrong and I'm not going to do it again. I, you know. Right. Yeah. This clip is actually like three minutes of words. How I just heard just trying to. Speaking of platitudes, basically say everything you say when, you know, shit's shit, shit happened, you're moving on, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I do find it hilarious. So it, right in there, just a little, the, the little tidbit note that the reporter got in, um, that apparently Mohammed Nehru, uh, who is the former, dis well, now disgraced, but former public works director in San Francisco, who we've been covering uh, profusely on Get Your Shit Together, um, he uh, apparently, the, the mayor enlisted him to, like, fix her car or like work on her car or get her car fixed. I don't know how, what happened exactly. Um, but it was definitely not kosher according to city rules. Um, but yeah, exactly. One of those things where it's like, Hey, I, I heard that my public works director is a pretty mean mechanic. Uh, so I asked him to fix my car and then I bought him a beer. Big deal. It's um, just that the way that it was uh, covered this time under yeah. this time period was different than I, how I had covered it before. And so I realized that that was problematic, even though this is the Pride Parade is not a campaign event. It's not it's a civic occasion. It's a way in which mayor and public and elected officials all participate. Um, but I've always had it afloat. And in this particular case, there was a mistake made. And so we're correcting that mistake. OK, any more See? questions? All right. Done. Thank you. I do want to point out the, that this is one of the few times that CBS 5, uh, if, when you go to the link, 
it's the, the actual it's the actual the video is the actual thing you were trying to find <laughs> not only was it the actual thing you were trying to find when you put it on the docket but it was also that same thing when we went back to we'll the link to later later yeah. to fucking run the show and it may be that because it was that raw just footage right from the reporter from the uh from the press conference and not like a story story right it seems like anytime there's a story story um it's there but it's like not there it's very strange um so thank you cbs for for that <laughs> for that clip uh anyway uh moving right along uh are we still i think we're still going to be uh down ballot for a second because um well you all might remember producer dave you definitely remember this is one of my favorite stories right we covered the oakley school board right um so a few few months back a couple months back they had the little snafu on the zoom they didn't realize the zoom was open or or public webinar was on webinar is live it is being recorded and parents heard them say a bunch of not so great things about parents. Um, and not of, untrue things about some of the annoying parents, mind you. They said the quiet part out loud. They said, <laughs> as they say, they said that, but it's one of those situations where you tell the truth, uh, but the truth is not what you should be saying in public. Um, so the whole board ended up resigning by my recollection. I don't know that they've had an election to replace them yet or an appointment process to replace them yet. God knows who would actually do the appointing if the whole board resigned. I never really understood that. So this isn't about the board, but the same school district is having some issues. Unfortunately, you just can't uh, kick. They're getting kicked in the nuts while they're down. Now to new COVID concerns. And this morning, an outbreak in East Contra Costa County schools is expanding one week after students there returned to the classroom. We've got team coverage from the new numbers to new guidelines just handed down from the state. Let's start out with Today in the Bay's Barbara Daly's live in Brentwood this morning. Bob, parents are certainly watching the response here because classes are starting so soon in other districts. Correct. Schools here in Brentwood and Oakley are the first to start in-person learning uh, this fall. And already in these areas, uh, several students have contracted COVID. Uh, just in the Liberty Union High School District, which is main offices behind me here in Brentwood, there are currently 30 students infected with COVID-19. That's according to the East Bay Times, but only 15 have actually stepped foot on campus. According to the Brentwood Union High School District, nine students in seven different elementary and middle schools, along with a member of the staff, have contracted COVID. And last night, the Oakley Union Elementary School Aww. District announced three students in three schools who have caught COVID. Earlier this week, we spoke with the Brentwood Union Superintendent, Dana Eaton. He says it does not appear that their students with COVID became infected on campus. He has no plans to halt in-person learning and says that protocols are being followed. The district's students, uh, 9,000 students, must check in daily at their classroom. If somebody comes in and, and all of a sudden they have a runny nose, then they'll come up to the office and the office will call their parents after isolating them and have them come get picked up. We want to be open. This is where kids belong. Superintendent Eaton is encouraging everyone to become vaccinated in, in order to keep the rate of infections down. Reporting live here in Brentwood, Bob Burdell, Today in the Bay. But I think Bob Burdell's hitting the sauce a little bit before he does his reporting. Bob, uh, that's just Bob, uh, having worked uh, with him in the past, uh, or at least uh, been privy to his reportage. That's him. Uh, he's, <laughs> but yeah, he might be, maybe he is. I never thought of it that way. I always thought he was, he was just very, uh, uh, I don't know, extra is the word maybe. Um, so I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's unavoidable. It's absolutely, given the circumstances, unavoidable, especially with elementary school districts to have to avoid spread 
right at this point and i think the superintendent's right i would bet a dime on a dozen that there's nothing that the schools were doing to you know uh that caused those cases i'm guessing they were all caused by family friends you know external environs right i'm sure they're doing everything they can at the school to avoid that um because it's in their best interest that being said um it's just unavoidable so I, I don't know what can be done. I, I, I do agree that it's better to have kids in a classroom in, a, in that social environment than it is learning remotely. Um, but at the same time, if they're sick and, you know, or they're dying, uh, or their parents or family are sick or dying, they're not really learning. So um, I don't know, it's, it's a tough trade-off. And especially when you have parents, politicos, uh, mayors, uh, in your face all the time, you know, about reopening and, and getting kids back in classrooms for whatever reason, right? Whatever their motivation, um, they need daycare. They have a political ax to grind. They're trying to make point political points. Um, they're running for school board. They want to run for school board. Um, they have been on the school board before and then think they know everything. Everyone's got an agenda. Um, and everyone thinks that they know best about this. And I don't know that anyone does. I do know that, uh, you know, you're, you're, no, no solution is perfect at this point. Yeah, we'll, I, we'll, just, we'll just have to see how it shakes out. We don't know. <clears throat> but there's just so much that we don't know. And the schools may end up having yeah. to shut down again, and we may have to go back to distance learning. We just don't know. Yeah, so and that's... We'll, we'll, we'll just yeah. see how it shakes out. And I'm not, you know, I, have, I don't have a fucking kid in this game. No kid in this yeah. race. Right. But, I so, just, the, the thing I don't like, again, as, as we've talked about before, right, who gets screwed the most, right? The kids, the students. And I, I don't like the idea of them getting jerked back and forth, right? And having to, to adjust, readjust, you know, or adjust to whole new realities all the time. I, I do think a little bit of consistency is good. I think that kids have been, kids are resilient. Kids are like silly putty in some way, but, you know, they're still human beings and they still have social emotional needs. So I, I don't like the idea of dragging, you know, dragging them back and forth into different situations. It's kind of like uh, a kid being shuffled between divorced parents, right? Or other family. Uh, to me, seems like just different environs um, all the time. So that can't be good for their psyche. So please, for the love of God, like let's just get some consistency. Like pick a road and stick with it. Um, but if we all got vaxxed, if we all masked up, we wouldn't be having these conversations. <clears throat> or maybe we'd be having fewer of them. That's true. We, they would be less intense. Yeah, we'd, we'd um, probably be having fewer of them. We'd be doing a lot better. Other, we'll we'll, this, we'll see how it all shakes out. I hope hope everything goes well. But if again, if it's if it just seems like this uh, Delta variant starts spreading at schools, there's really no, yeah. there's no, not a whole lot of choice there. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you're, yeah, well, there's just not a lot of, you know, they're like, how do you like your choices? But like, I don't. Right. I, I will tell you this. I live literally across the street from a high school. And according to the principal there, you know, kids are, uh, almost all the kids are coming back. They have, they have uh, requested to come back, even though the surveys say that some were uncomfortable, right? Or families were uncomfortable seems like almost all the kids want to come back. Um, so that we're going to see, we're going to have full classrooms and we're going to see what, what happens. And I'll let you know firsthand. <laughs> um, but you know, hope I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't, it doesn't uh, drift across the street here. The COVID, <laughs> the COVID wave, I can see it coming. Well, um, everybody that was the down ballot podcast, or at least most of it. Um, we like to put a little human or animal interest story here at the end. Uh, this is a, out of Southern California, Sierra Madre. I'm not sure where that is. Um, don't don't really care that much, but it's bear country. 
And this is an eight-minute video from the local news of a bear going swimming in someone's pool. I don't feel any need to watch the whole eight minutes, but it's probably adorable, and we'll just kind of see how it goes. Looking at you. Yogi and Smokey. Come on, bear, go swimming. Oh dear. Oh my. That was me. <laughs> that was me. They're coming. He's on the wall. He's on the wall. Go inside. Go inside. Go inside. Do we have anything out here that you Good set. Oh no. Oh, I like that, the back entry. It's happening. He's going <laughs> for a swim in the pool. It's gonna need to get cleaned. Oh dear. And oh dear. Here comes, here comes a friend. Is he gonna go in butt first? It's a little chilly. Well, is, is the other bear gonna throw him in? Yeah, yeah right. Hey, hey man, come over here. Hey, give me your hand. No, no, I don't, I don't know. I need to go in butt first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like it? It's too wet. Too not wet. touching you, not touching not you, touching not touching you. Touching oh, like, oh, like the owners are narrating. That's nice. Uh, I think I'm done. Yeah, seriously, zoom in for fuck's sake. Use your camera. The upper body strength is not great. Oh, man. oh no. Oh, they're going to get stuck in. <laughs> He's like, he like doesn't get I kind of want to go in, but I don't know. Why is this water so watery? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fight. Didn't want to be in there. I'm not fighting with you in the water. This is so dumb. <laughs> Aww, the bear poops in the pool. <laughs> right. Oh no. God. Good girl. Well, that was adorable. We it were, is. And seeing as this is mostly this is mostly an audio this is mostly an audio podcast, I figure like maybe <laughs> just maybe we should uh People Cut should be able to listen short. to the end. Well, well, if you go to the show notes and find the or show, go to the docket, find the video. Um, you'll also see the couple's lovely little dog who is very captivated with the bears that his humans were so graciously allowing to swim in the dog's pool. Um, so keep keep an eye out for that. All right, sir. Well, hey, that was a lovely, lovely episode. It was a nice, nice tight, nice tight hour right right in around an hour so um i'll read us out this time this has been down ballot you can check out down ballot at echoplexmedia.com or you can grab it on any of your podcatchers um make sure you follow us at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia to find our live shows um if you're listening live just hang out i'm gonna have some guests in the studio in a little bit we're gonna be doing nice. some uh some red light action this evening that'll be the night twitch it'll be the right twitch <laughs> and uh this is locals by audible smokels no oh, that was that was lame uh that was about, yeah. We, we'll just go to the music.
my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing queen Now get the fuck up on stage and rock the scene Just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing and you know it's time to head in Alright everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it and then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want What we want to do and what we want is to jam So sit back and Enjoy the band, enjoy that band Last up on the bill for the show tonight It's down and dirty in five, so we're headed outside To spark up another joint, now who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course, shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be I'm fucked up like the US economy The truth is, is that I don't think logically Stoner E, take you on a psychedelic odyssey Now inside, motherfuckers is rocking me and outside, shit, we smoke a lot of broccoli. Rocky the Rolly, all the sexy girl be jockin' me. Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do a sloppin'. We do what we want, what we wanna do, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, what we wanna do, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Sit back and enjoy